Hi again everyone and welcome to East Redland Anglican for this 15th Sunday after Pentecost or the 13th of September 2020. We're following on from last week's sermon by Bishop John Roundhill who talked about the lost sheep and being pursued and found and forgiven by God. This week we're talking about the dishonest servant or the unforgiving servants, probably a better way of putting it, uh, in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. And we're talking about what forgiveness looks like in terms of that free gift of God's grace. So again, grab yourself a coffee or a tea or whatever you like and come back and join us for this week's sermon. I'll talk to you soon. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew, Chapter 18, beginning at verse 21. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Then Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be cared to a, compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slave. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, pay me what you owe. And his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you but he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and again said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he should pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you please be seated? Our God, our, our, all of our readings today really have lots of stories of forgiveness, of not being judgmental, and those sort of things. And reconciliation, I guess, is how, how we could put that. Um, sort of how I felt yesterday when I went to the optometrist and had an eye test and the optometrist suggested that I might need to start thinking about graduated lenses. <laughs> I had to forgive her her sins. I didn't appreciate that, but anyway. But there seems to be a bit of a theme over the past few weeks, and that's one of forgiveness and reconciliation. Now, last week here we heard, uh, as the bishop spoke, he talked about the lost sheep, and in particular he talked about the idea of lost, but also about being pursued, about being found and being forgiven by our God. 
And as a part of that, the Gospel last week really asked us to reflect on how those things, that is, lostness and being pursued and being forgiven and being found by our God, are part of what we are and that as a community we are asked to be open, accept, uh, to be open, or to be an open, accepting community that will allow the healing and wholeness of the Kingdom to then flow into people's lives. Today in our, our readings I think we see a bit more of how, as a forgiven group of people, we open up to that flow of healing and wholeness by being people who forgive. So to get a handle on this, we need to look, as always, at the context to today's parable of the unforgiving servant. And by the way, I mean, that reading from Genesis today of Joseph forgiving his brothers, I mean, it's, what a wonderful story of forgiveness. So, to our Gospel, it would seem that everyone in this parable is of, let's call it the same jurisdiction, as if they were uh, one very large family. So, in talking about the household, the king learns of one slave, and due to the size of the debt, it was probably a court official. We have to be a little bit more nuanced with the language of what slave means in the New Testament. That could mean someone quite high up in uh, the, 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 the courts of, of, of the land. Um, but he owes the king a huge amount of money, 10,000 talents to be precise. Now, I've done this calculation and you may have heard it before, but we're going to, we're going to do it again. Um, it's important that we do it because we need to understand the extent of this debt. So one talent was worth 6,000 denarii, and one denarius was generally the equivalent of a day's wage for a labourer. So 10,000 talents are worth 60 million denarii, which would roughly equate to 164,000 years of work. So what we have here is not merely some sort of personal loan, but it's an amount which was more than the annual tax collected in an entire Roman province. This is an amount beyond imagining in that world. And in all likelihood, if it was a court official who had that debt, it would have been very embarrassing for the king. So with all of that in mind, the king's initial solution provides a problem. When the king wants to sell the servant and his family into slavery, he's only going to get 2,000 denarii. It won't even remotely cover the debt and neither will the servant ever be, a, be able to pay the amount. It's totally impossible and so he and his family will always be slaves and always bound to that debt. The added issue behind this uh, bit of the story was uh, the Jewish thinking of the time that you can't be forgiven until you pay what you owe plus then some restitution. So again, in this particular case, that would be impossible. So to be set free from the debt is an unexpected and undeserved miracle for which the servant can never fully comprehend or even adequately show gratitude. And behind this gesture of the king, Jesus points to God's amazing grace, mercy and compassion towards humanity. But then, as we often do in, in the parables, we get the contrast. 
a contrast showing someone who really should have known better. The debt of 100 denarii owned or owed to the servant we've just been talking about by another servant, um, a labourer's wage for three months is what that equates to. So it's a paltry, paltry amount for a court official. So when the servant pleaded with the king, have patience with me and I will pay everything I owe, it was a desperate plea that could not logically be fulfilled. But when this fellow official uses the same words, the reality is that the debt could be paid in time and yet no mercy or compassion was shown to him. The contrast in this is mind-blowing. The servant fails to extend the redemption and forgiveness that he himself received. But what sort of forgiveness is this that we're talking about? What sort of forgiveness did the king offer that the servant didn't? And I think it's a forgiveness that's expressed in our Lord's words to Peter. Not seven, I tell you, but 77 times. Now, some translations have it as 70 times seven, and whether the number's 77 or 490, what we need to take from this isn't a literal number of times uh, that forgiveness should be offered. Rather, that what we see is extending forgiveness beyond any ability to calculate. And just as an aside, and I don't have a detailed theology of this, but when I ask the question, what should our attention be drawn to when we see these multiples of seven? This is a bit obscure, so I'm not expecting an answer. And the answer that we should, that we should trigger in our minds is jubilee. That is, the cancellation of debts in the seventh year. And not to mention, so we've got that 70 times 7 sort of motif in some translations, so you've got the jubilee of jubilees in the 50th year where debts were cancelled. So you've got this idea of the cancellation of debts happening within that multiple of sevens. The release of slaves is there and it's the return of land. The point of which in the Old Testament was that debt should not be allowed to cascade down the generations, consigning people to ever-deepening misery and despair, which can be seen in passages like Nehemiah 5, 1 to 13. You can have a look at that later on if you like. And that's the platform on which I think the gospel is proclaimed. I mean, imagine that, that debt of 10,000 talents, 164,000 years of work. How much does that cascade down generations and consign people to that debt? So at a practical level, in terms of our world today, this might take a bit of imagining from you and if you feel you need to close your eyes to do that imagining, go for it. Imagine that when your uncle died, you discovered that your family had inherited all of his debts. Just imagine that the bank seized your home and much of your parents' wages forcing you to live on a rubbish tip. Just imagine that you were turned away from school because the money had been used for debt repayments. And just imagine that you see your parents worn out by work and worry and you know that you're going to inherit that debt. Just imagine that you lived in a country with so much debt 
that you despaired at the prospects for your children's future. Just imagine a life of addiction where finances spiral out of control and family are turned away and lost. It's a grim picture. But then imagine, through a sheer act of grace, that those debts were cancelled, never to be seen of again, totally forgiven without the need for restitution. What would that mean to you? What hope would it bring? And how would it change your life? Our Lord is asking us to live by that principle. That is, forgiveness for the Christian isn't based on how we feel, whether we even like a person, or on some other piece of pop psychology that we've decided is important to this narrative. Rather, it's, the, it's grounded upon the knowledge of our own forgiveness through the life and teaching of Christ. We gather at this table, confess our sins in community, and through Christ's word and sacrament, we are forgiven. The test that we understand this comes in our ability to forgive others. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That brings our podcast to an end for this week. If there's anything more you'd like to know about the parish, you can always check us out at our website, which is www.eastredlandanglican.com.au. You'll be able to find lots of links there to our Facebook page, to our Vimeo and YouTube channels, and to our Apple Podcast channel. You'll be able to go through the website there and find out any other information you want to know about our service times or baptisms and confirmations and things like that. Um, so check us out there, um, have a look, and if there's anything you need, please don't hesitate to send us an email or give us a call. Um, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless.